So the scrutiny has already begun, of course, over how the terror attack at Linmore could have been avoided. There's been some commentary as to why the Mental Health Act wasn't used to detain the terrorist after he was released from jail. Intelligence expert Paul Buchanan says he could have been committed to an institution and held indefinitely until he was determined to not pose a threat to society. But the Mental Health Foundation disagrees. CEO Sean Robinson joins us now. Uh, Sean, why couldn't the Mental Health Act have been used here to keep him out of the community? Well, essentially because uh, he wasn't uh, ill. He wasn't, he wasn't sufficiently ill. Uh, and also the Mental Health Act is not designed as a sort of punitive um, uh, uh, law to sort of uh, to, to keep people away from the community. It's designed as a law and is being redesigned to make it even more as a law that is about helping people's health and helping people to uh, recover from a time of mental illness and to get well. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, this was clearly a last resort uh, approach by the government uh, when the anti-terrorism laws and the immigration and refugee laws weren't working. And it's a wrong approach to try and use the Mental Health Act as a way to deal with terrorism. But there were warnings there that he had mental health issues. Uh, could there have been no intervention whatsoever? Oh, look, absolutely. He, you know, there should have been intervention to uh, support him in his mental health. But just because someone, you know, is experiencing depression or anxiety, does not mean that that makes them a terrorist. Um, you know, becoming a terrorist is an act where someone uh, immerses themselves in an ideology of extremism and, you know, sadly often violence, you know, whether that be white extremism or whether it be sort of ISIS uh, extremism. And then that person makes a choice to sort of act violently. Now, you know, hundreds of thousands of Kiwis experience uh, mental health issues. They don't you know, then sort of become terrorists. So, you know, I think there's a conflating of mental health issues with violence and uh, with terrorist violence, which is really, you know, quite um, unhelpful and, and potentially, you know, can lead to a lot of stigma towards uh, people with, uh, you know, with mental health issues. And also, you know, we do not want to see the Mental Health Act you know, turned back into a kind of a way of getting people that scare us, you know, locked up. That That's not what its intention is. In fact, if anything, you know, it's being reworked at the moment to make it more of a an act to support people's health and less about, uh, you know, coercively um, locking people away. And, well, and that's the direction we've got to go for mental health. Well, I see what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. You don't want to be a stopgap to plug holes in, uh, you know, in, in criminal law. But if we take away the terror aspect of this by definition, though, are we not just dealing with an isolated, mentally ill person, hell-bent, you know, on committing a violent crime? Well, I mean, again, the, the association of, of mental illness with violent crime is, you know, it, it's more of a sort of pop culture thing than a reality. Uh, you know, the, the stats are really, really clear that uh, people who are experiencing mental illness are vastly more likely to be the victims of violence than they are to commit violence. Um, you know, and so uh, if this person had met the threshold for um, being forcibly uh, treated 
under the Mental Health Act, then that that should have happened, but that should have been on the basis of his health, you know, not on the basis of him being a threat to the community. It should have been on the basis of, uh, you know, his his mental health. And so we've really got to break that sort of link in people's minds between mental health, violence, mental health, sort of scary behaviour. Mm. Um, you know, that that's done a lot of damage to people uh, over the years. It's created a lot of prejudice and stigma um, and, you know, even right now, the, the debate about this will be, you know, definitely, you know, I live with bipolar and I know that people, you know, already sort of start to sort of, I've had conversations with neighbours about, you know, why can't they just lock nutters up, you know, mm. and it's kind of, it's, it's hurtful, you know, it's really hurtful. Um, to I, know, I know what you're saying, Sean. I appreciate what you're saying, and I get the, I get the bit about the Act not being seen as a, um, a, a stopgap for, for criminal law. Sean Robinson, CEO of Mental Health Foundation, uh, with us, by the way. Uh, but I do think it, it looks like, from what he's saying, um, that are they softening that Act up a little bit in terms of um, looking more to help people and not be um, punitive when, as you said, there was, there is a mental health issue here. 